Welcome to Commonwealth Climate Talks with the League of Conservation Voters, an interview podcast seeking to highlight activists, organizers, and community leaders championing conservation and environmental justice. Today, I'd like to welcome on Matt Gove, who is the Surfrider Foundation's Mid-Atlantic Policy Manager, to talk to us about the Break Free from Plastic Pollutions Act, which is an incredibly important piece of legislation for both our terrestrial and coastal communities. All right. Well, Matt, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having uh, Surfrider on. This is great. Yeah, uh, about to. I know here we're about to get uh, some real nice eighty degree weather this week, so uh, I'm hoping I can actually get out to the beach for once. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, the the pandemic has just shown us how valuable our outdoor spaces are, and you know, surfing along with a lot of other outdoor sports have you know gone through the roof. So I, I think that's a good thing. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Um, so I guess uh, n- no reason to you know not get right into it. Uh, you uh, you know you have a master's in coastal environmental management, uh, which you know seems to point towards you having been very passionate about the environment for a very long time. Uh, would uh, you know where did your your uh, interest in the environment start? Yeah, I mean I think it was a pretty organic thing. Um, I'm actually from the Midwest. We, you know, my family was big into camping, fishing, all the outdoor things. Uh, and I, I've always just been interested in, in nature around us and uh, ended up studying biology in college and, and then got in, you know, more specifically into focusing on our coasts and our oceans and all the uh, intriguing things happening there, which is you know, funny, someone coming from, from the Midwest, <laughs> but uh, I did recently unearth a old VHS of a, a school project I did on dolphin-safe tuna. So uh, it's, it's amazing how that got all the way to Minnesota, but uh, I, guess I, I guess I've been interested in, in this topic for a while. Yeah, that was definitely uh, uh, similar for me. I grew up in in Central Virginia in the mountains, and then moved down here for school, and have just been down here for you know a decade, uh, fifteen years now. And I, it never really struck me like uh, being so used to being out in the mountains that like yeah, the the coasts are are, are just as diverse mm-hmm. and important and anything until like I don't know, it kind of hit me over the head like maybe five years ago, and that's when I started trying to get really active. Uh, so I definitely feel yeah, it's kind of weird to think of yourself as a as a mountain mm-hmm. person and and end up working for coastal resiliency. Yeah, <laughs> it happens. Uh, so you are the policy manager uh, for the Mid Atlantic region for Surfrider. Uh, what exactly? How did you make the jump from you know something that's it's pretty you know STEM focused to the policy side of things? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I came to realize um, you know I started more on the like I said a biology degree, so on the real research side, uh, and that stuff is really interesting. But I think I wanted to get more into the. Uh, you know, directly making change. And, you know, you, you see a lot of people talk about personal choice. And, and I think personal choice is is important. You know, in my lifetime, I've seen, uh, you know, vegetarian meals go from non-existent to being pretty standard at a lot of restaurants. Uh, and that's a great thing. But, you know, how much of a change did that really make in, you know, something like agriculture? Did that make a huge change? I, I don't think so. Uh, so I, I've seen policy as 
a more uh, direct way to make change um, in the world that we see around us. Yeah, and I think uh, you know it's important to, to underline how much policy can can affect kind of the big ticket things. Like you know, we uh, it's it's always important to make sure that that people know that you know uh, most of the pollution in in the, the America produces is coming from from a couple of of big producers. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know, we've seen really big successes with policy for that that help encourage things like personal choice with you know plastic bag taxes mm-hmm. and and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So. I definitely, it's a, it's a good lever to, to pull. Yeah. And with, you know, with, with companies, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're supposed to make money. And so they're always gonna, that's their job is to make money. So they're always gonna, you know, maybe I'll say almost always are going to take the path of, of least resistance and the cheapest path for them. So, you know, I've seen a lot of greenwashing and, and broken promises by, by private companies. So I think policy, uh, is so important. Definitely. Uh, and I know uh, the the big policy that we're going to be talking about today is the Break Free from Plastic Pollutions Act. But before we get into that, uh, I want uh, – could you give us kind of a quick breakdown about what the plastic crisis is uh, and how big of effects things like single-use plastics and, and non-recycled plastics are having on the world right now? Yeah. I mean, uh, luckily, a lot of people are, are really starting to pick up on, on this plastic crisis, which is great. Uh, because, you know, Surfire has been working on this for more than 10 years and a lot of people were unaware, uh, and it's really gotten bad. I mean, it sounds like, you know, the sky is falling, but it really is, <laughs> it really is bad. There, it really is kind of, a, uh, we're kind of drowning under this, this wave of plastic. You know, they found microplastics and bits of plastic in drinking water, in, uh, coming down from the air, actually, if, you know, like you said, the mountains, they've, they've found plastic in the mountains because it's being uh, picked up as dust and, and put everywhere, finding it in the deep sea, finding it in our, our bodies, um, finding it in kids' kids' bodies. They're finding it uh, pretty much everywhere. So uh, we're, we're just drowning in plastic. And, and obviously the environment, uh, everyone's seen pictures of you know whales, turtles, every, every creature that's swallowed plastic and, and, and it's detrimental to them. So, um, you know, you ask kind of how we got here and, and it's, it is really interesting, you know, myself included, I feel like a lot of us have basically been kind of hoodwinked by the plastics industry. There's been some interesting documentaries made recently. Uh, you know, there was pushback when plastic products started coming out in the seventies and eighties and the plastic industry, which is pretty much the oil industry because plastic is mostly oil. Um, they said, Hey, we got a problem on our hands. So let's, let's, let's talk about recycling. And they really, they really kind of tricked us as, as consumers that, one, it was our job, you know, it's our job not to, to litter and, and not to, uh, you know, throw this plastic stuff in everywhere and, and, and our job to pay for it through taxes for recycling programs. Um, and, and so, you know, 40 years later, uh, we've been recycling, recycling, and, and we find out that really only about 10% of plastic is actually getting recycled. Uh, the rest is ending up in uh, a landfill or being burned uh, or as I just talked about escapes uh, escapes as pollution and ends up everywhere. Um, so it really is a problem and, and kind of the base problem is that a lot of plastics really aren't that recyclable. 
Yeah, it's, I mean, especially the research that's coming out about microplastics is definitely uh, scary, to say the least. Uh, I, you know, we don't really understand the full uh, effect that that's going to have, both on on human health and environmental health, probably for for decades. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, um, we we have to address it now. Uh, It's not going to get any better in the meantime. Uh, And that's where the Break Free from Plastic Pollution Act comes in. Uh, so there's clearly a lot of different problems going on with uh, how plastics are manufactured and handled. Uh, what does the Break Free from Plastic Pollution Act uh, do to to address those problems? Uh, it does a lot. It, it's, uh, it's, it's not an easy one to just lay out what it does. Uh, and that's because of the size of the problem, you know, because like I said, plastics is, is being found everywhere. Uh, so it really takes a holistic approach. And, uh, you know, you can't just ban plastic bags and, uh, and go home and, and say job well done. So it really, um, the, the break free from plastic pollution act, uh, it takes a lot of things that we're already doing, you know, a lot of States and cities have already passed, uh, bans on kind of the, you know, some of the worst offenders like, uh, foam, you know, people, people know it as styrofoam uh, foam, foam cups and stuff like that have been banned. Plastic bags, uh, straws um, being offered only when you need one, that kind of thing. So, so it kind of take it kind of takes a step by step approach. So, so some of the worst things we're just going to get rid of those. Um, a lot of states have what what are called bottle bills, where when you return a, a plastic bottle uh, to the store, you get ten cents back. Those have been, you know, very uh, effective, and have worked for years. So, so there's these things that we've kind of done for years um, that we'll do uh, through the Break Free from Plastic Pollution Act, uh, and then there's things that are a little newer, um, like something called EPR, Extended Producer Responsibility. These programs uh, have been shown to be effective in Europe and Canada, but haven't really happened here too much. There's there's some programs for, you know, for paint, returning paint, returning batteries. So we have a little bit of experience, but really EPR is going to go after all the rest of the stuff, you know, okay, we've, 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 maybe we've figured out what to do with plastic bags and foam, but what about all those plastic items you get from the grocery store, you know, filled with nuts or, or whatever it is. Uh, what about those those millions of Amazon plastic bags that you have coming in through your mail every day, right? Um, so yeah. EPR is going to try to take care of the rest of that stuff. I know we're going to get into that more. Um, and then another kind of main part of Break Free is uh, really trying to revive the recycling industry. I mean, I know I just talked about how recycling has kind of been a, a, a red herring, but uh some, some parts of recycling do work and, you know, we, we can't get rid of recycling completely. We're still going to end up, you know, we're still going to end up with things that need to be recycled. So, uh, you know, part of this bill really looks to bolster the recycling industry and, and, and should lead to, you know, job creation actually in this industry, because right now uh, that industry has really been uh, struggling after China uh, uh, said that they're going to no longer take all of our uh, used plastics. So we're, we're stuck here with all this stuff, and uh, some parts of this bill will, will make that used plastic more valuable and get it back into uh, the stream to, to be reused. 
Yeah, because that's one of honestly the biggest problems with with recycling and and plastics right now is that most of it we just ship out to other countries to handle, and a lot of those a lot of those markets that we send it to don't necessarily have everything to uh, have the infrastructure to actually properly recycle right. a lot of it. Correct? Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that. From my understanding, that's what we've been doing for for decades. Is okay. All this other stuff that isn't worth anything here, and we can't make it into something. Okay, we'll just ship it to another country. Uh, let them deal with it. We won't follow up. We won't actually make sure it's being recycled or even landfilled. It might just get dumped somewhere, uh, and it's it's hurting those people. and And uh, a lot of it's escaping into the into the environment there. So, you know, some people point and say, "Oh no, the you know the a lot of the trash in the ocean is coming from other countries." Well, technically, but. Technically, it was ours originally. Got shipped over there, then it got dumped. So it's it's yeah. a big problem. Uh, yeah, I was I was reading through uh, the because the the originally the Break Free uh, Act was a 2020 bill and it's recently been reintroduced mm-hmm. this year. And it, it you all uh, made sure to get some some changes added to mm-hmm. it as well. Uh, and I noticed one of those was that there was a loophole where potentially. Uh, you know, well, if we can ship it to say Belgium, and then if Belgium ships it to uh, a, a country that's that's just going to dump it in a lake or whatever, it still counts as recycling because we shipped it to a, a country that does exactly. recycle first. Yeah, that yeah. was great. That was a great uh, update. Uh, you know, it's with a bill this big, it's tough. But I think I think the new version has some some great updates. Um, you know, focusing on toxic and plastics and. Uh, microfibers and, and things uh, and what you just said that loophole the entire EPR uh, uh, thing with uh, basically requiring plastics producers to design manage and fund recycling programs uh, why does the bill push for them to not only fund them but also directly manage the recycling programs themselves yeah that's 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 one of the big details uh, EPR it's, it's funny EPR is very complicated extended producer responsibility is complicated it's within this bill that's a, a really big bill so it's there's a lot in there um, and right now there's three or four states that are looking to pass EPR bills and uh, there's a lot of detail into them and and I mean your question there I think is really because it's such a big and complicated industry I think if government came in and said okay we're gonna we're gonna say exactly what you should do with each individual plastic product. You know, there's, there's thousands and thousands of plastic products uh, that would probably be just too complicated. So uh, my understanding is that basically we need, uh, we need strict oversight of these, of these um, groups that will be um, led by, by the plastic production companies and, and strict targets. And so basically you say, okay, uh, industry, you need to reduce uh, plastic uh, production by this much, you need to reduce uh, toxics in plastic by this much, uh, by the you know by this time. Give them a timeline, and then uh, and then they go off and figure that out. And you know because it's gonna it's also gonna take a lot of time and money for them to figure that out. So they're <laughs> they're in they're in charge of that. Um, and, and also a lot of these bills have not just the plastic producers at the table, but the waste haulers. Uh, and the recycling industry as well, because it's a it's a complicated it's a complicated system, and, and we need all these people at the table. But at the end of the day, we need um, to have strict oversight. So it's not just uh, we don't want to just 
switch it from, okay, your local community pays for with tax to, taxpayer dollars, uh, the recycling program, and just switch that to, okay, now the plastic production companies are paying for that, but nothing else changes. We want them to pay for it as well as reduce the amount of plastics coming out, the amount of toxics coming out, uh, the amount of complicated different uh, products, different, you know, how there's the, the eight different recycling numbers. We need to simplify that, that process. So they're, they're definitely in the mix, but um, the ultimate goal is, is to reduce plastics. Awesome. Yeah. And yeah, the, the reintroduction uh, bill, you know, does include a lot of uh, just, you know, additional information and, and, and oversights on a lot of different little things uh, like, especially concerning, uh, you know, uh, microfiber pollution from washing machines and wet wipe labeling standards and a bunch of different stuff. Uh, what are, you know, I feel like the, the, the public and even me as someone who's like a little bit more uh, well-informed uh, just doesn't realize the amount of plastic that's in everyday mm-hmm. items that, you know, are, are produced on mass. Uh, what do you think is probably one of the most surprising things that has plastic in it that you wouldn't think it would? Uh. I mean, yeah, it really is ubiquitous. I, I think, I think most people don't think of clothing at all. You know, uh, we've got things like polyester that have been around forever that have plastic in them, uh, and and more obvious things like your, you know, maybe your fleece jacket, which you're like, well, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not made of animal fur, so what is it? Um, it's probably plastic. Uh, so I think that's <laughs> that's a big one that most people don't think of. Uh, the, the wet wipes, I, I, I hadn't even thought about, I mean, I guess if you would have asked me why are they made of plastic, I would have said yes, but I hadn't, hadn't thought about them. I know there's a big issue with them clogging drains. Um, but yeah, pretty much, I mean, unless something is hundred percent cotton or, or wool, uh, there's going to be plastic in that clothing. And that's, that's another big issue that, that needs to be looked at is those microfibers are so small. They're, they're being found everywhere. Yeah, I uh, can't even imagine how to to even begin tackling uh you know a, a a problem like that. Like to just to think of like, well, if you have a cat, think of all the cat hair that ends mm-hmm. up around, and it's probably you know any any given you know non one hundred percent like natural fiber is is probably doing the same thing constantly. We just don't really realize it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, like, to, yeah. like I said, for a lot of the stuff in the uh, Break Free uh, from Plastic Pollution Act. We, these are things we've we've we know how to do and we've done them and they're they're successful. Microfibers is still kind of a new frontier of what are we going to do? Can we strain it out? Um, I know I know Patagonia is working to try to get that stuff out of their products or or make it uh, out of a different material. So that that is one that's a little bit still unclear how to solve that problem. Yeah, well, it's like uh, also the bill brings up. Um, uh, making sure that we don't count the uh, the chemical recycling, the act of like turning plastic into into burnable fuel as recycling, and I know like one of the big problems with that is currently the technology even requires you to have so much plastic to reach critical mass for the reaction to happen. That I know um, uh, there, you know, people supporting uh, uh, the the chemical recycling bill in Virginia this year, uh, we're worried that if we passed a styrofoam ban, there wouldn't be enough plastic to be able to start the reactions to even do the process. So, yeah. uh, a lot of, a lot of advances need to be made with some of these things and we don't fully understand them. Yeah. I mean, 
uh, what the what plastic industry calls uh, advanced recycling or uh, chemical recycling. That's a that's a bit of a, a marketing ploy. You know, we call it chemical conversion, or it's it's very close to basically just burning plastic. But it seems like you know, there, that in, in in the break free, there's a, a clause to really study that 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 uh, industry. This chemical conversion, aka advanced recycling, because it it's got a lot of question marks. Um, from what we know about it so far, it seems. Like it's the plastic industry's, you know, latest attempt to, instead of actually uh, reducing the amount of plastic being made, to kind of keep business as usual and 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 kind of point at the shiny thing, which is chemical recycling, and and that's going to save us. So don't you know, don't worry about it. So we're uh, we're very concerned about uh, chemical conversion, chemical recycling, and and it's another, you know, it's another. Uh, it's another industry that that would um, you know create air pollution and water pollution and 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 guess where it's going to go you know it's going to go in in communities that already have uh, a lot of impact from the plastic industry it's 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 like eighty percent of incinerators in the U.S. are located in communities of color um, and so it's a real environmental justice issue and and chemical conversion would be just another industry that that's putting out pollution and, and affecting some groups more than other groups. Absolutely. So it's, you know, uh, so important that like, that is, you know, the, that this bill doesn't just, you know, uh, do everything that it's already doing, uh, to, to limit plastic production and get us to, to a more sustainable model on that, but also making sure that, you know, uh, newer technologies like this don't end up being used to just, like you say, as an excuse to continue plastic production at its current level, but also in ways that, that, you know, will harm, uh, Americans who are already, uh, harmed a lot by pollution to begin with. Um, yeah. Um, now the, the one thing that does seem kind of outside of the scope of the bill, uh, it's very good, uh, at preventing plastic pollution, but it doesn't really do a lot to, um, uh, you know, look at the waste that's already in our, our waterways. Uh, and understandable, you can't, you know, you can't solve every tool or every problem with one tool, but, uh, what are some ways that, uh, people can consider, like, is are there other policies that are already, uh, uh, being put in place to deal with, uh, pollution in lakes and oceans, or are there other ways that they can get, uh, get involved personally to help out with that? Yeah. I mean, I think most people have, have heard of cleanups now that's really, um, the most direct way to, to deal with the stuff that's already out there. Uh, you know, Surfrider does uh, almost a thousand cleanups every year around the country. And our, our Virginia chapter uh, does cleanups and, and we'll be doing those uh, more often once uh, COVID restrictions uh, ease up. So um, there's always a chance there and there's, there's lots of groups that do cleanups. Um, but we always say, you know, you, you could do cleanups for the rest of your life. Right? And so that's, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's what the break free is all about. You know, a lot of people talk about the analogy of a, a flooding bathroom, where you, you know, if you came in and your sink was overflowing, you don't, you don't start mopping first. You you first turn off the tap, then you start mopping. Um, so hopefully, if we can get this bill passed, we can turn off that tap and then uh, you know keep doing these cleanups and and get this stuff out of our environment uh, slowly. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 
I, I mean, uh, you know, it's, I guess it is important to remember that, you know, the, the amount of plastic that any one person can clean up, it's important, but is ultimately mm-hmm. small. I, I, I was actually reading an article this, this morning about how, uh, some, uh, in the, the great lakes region, they're going to start, uh, offering, uh, discounts on, um, uh, uh, you know, boats and things for, for rentals. If you bring trash back from the Ooh. lake with you. Uh, but even then, I mean, you know, how much, how much plastic can one person take out of a lake in, in a day? Wow. It's probably not enough that we shouldn't be thinking about making sure the plastic doesn't go in there to begin with. Yeah. I mean, the, the depressing fact is, uh, you know, one, one, you know, full size garbage truck per minute, every minute of every day, uh, goes into the ocean. So that's, that gives you a sense of how much is going in and, and how big of a problem it is and, uh, how we have to, they have to really slow that flow of, of pollution into our environment and ultimately into our bodies. Absolutely. Uh, well, um, that's, you know, a uh, great discussion. Th- again, thank you so much for uh, uh, coming on to talk to me about uh, break free. Um, and especially so now, now that I know that's the easy way to, to refer to it without having <laughs> to say the break free from plastic pollutions act. <laughs> yeah. uh, I wish it had a little snappier title, but um, it came out of a, a, a working group of, of organizations that, that call themselves break free. So uh, that was added into the, into the title. We didn't, uh, yeah. we didn't mention, which uh, I'm just realizing I totally forgot to mention is uh, <laughs> the connection to climate change. Uh, and most people, most oh, people don't yeah. think of that either, um, and apparently uh, in the U.S., the the amount of uh, plastic production plus incinerating, burning of plastic, uh, every year is equal to 100 uh, coal-fired power plants, uh, that much carbon going out. So plastic also has a huge carbon footprint, so we, uh, we need to think about that as well. Yeah, I think uh, that's probably probably been like the most eye-opening thing for me this past year is just finding out how little of our plastics actually get, uh, you know, recycled and, you know, how much of them actually get incinerated. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's ad- an absolutely massive amount of carbon uh, being contributed to, to you know, uh, the that two degrees we're trying to not get to. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you know, again, thank you so much for coming on, Matt. Uh, you know, uh, uh, we'll have links in the uh, the show notes for uh, how people can get involved and how they how they can make sure that uh, this this uh, bill makes it through Congress. And uh, other than that, I you know, uh, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thanks a lot, Colin. Great to talk to you. I hope you enjoyed our discussion today. If you want more information about Surfrider's programs in Virginia, you can check out vb.surfrider.org. Right now, we are urging Virginia residents to give a call to Mark Warner and Tim Kane to urge them to support Break Free, as well as your congressional representative as well. We've also got a petition regarding Break Free from Plastic Pollution, uh, and you can find that in the show notes. You can check out vaalcv.org for more info and for more up-to-date climate actions. Our theme music is by Andrew Giotto, and our podcast is produced by me, Colin. Anyways, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day, and have a great week.